Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Let's jump right into it. Let's do some review, and I'm going to take you to where we're going today. And let's familiarize ourselves. Let's go back to Acts chapter 3, verse 6. The New Living Translation has been one of our text scriptures of this series but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Remember, we said the word name means the authority and the character thereof. It is all that a name implies of authority, character, rank, majesty, power, excellence, etc. It's everything that the name covers. Once again, the word name is the authority and the character thereof. It is all that a name implies of its authority, of its character, its rank, its majesty, its power, its excellence. It's everything that that name covers. And so when we say in the name of, it's the same of saying by the power of. When someone would go in the name of someone else, they were an authorized representative, authorized to carry out tasks on behalf of the one who sent them. So in this context, to say in the name of, it's also to say in his stead, and on his behalf. So what Peter said in the name of, he said, I'll give you what I have. What do you have? He had the right to use the name and the authority of Jesus. From that name, he pulled healing and ministered to that man. One of the things we saw on our study of this, this man who received healing, we don't see him in scriptures having faith in the name. But who had faith in the name of Jesus? Peter and John. And where does faith come from? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what did Peter and John heard? We looked at that and we'll look at it again tonight. What Jesus told them about their right to use the name and their experience using the name during the ministry of Jesus. And so when Acts chapter three comes by, they have the right to use the name. And so let's go to Philippians chapter two, another uh, scripture we've looked at, this passage we looked at it again and again and again. And so remember, as we turn to Philippians chapter two, that word name means the authority and the character thereof. It is all that a name implies of authority, character, rank, majesty, power, excellence, and etc. It's everything that that name covers. So Philippians chapter two, verse five, reading from the New King James, this is let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The New Living Translation says a part of this passage that instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being where he, when he appeared in human form. The Amplified Classic Edition says, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant slave and that he became like men and was born a human being. Now, knowing this verse, we understand that Jesus' teaching in his ministry, we see this especially throughout the Gospels, Jesus' teaching in his ministry was known for his authority. Go with me to Luke chapter 4. Once again, we're doing a review, so I'm speeding through some review. If you want us taking more time in this review, you can go to our Faith Plus app or our YouTube channel, and you'll see Faith in the Name of Jesus, part one, two, and three, and then you'll see your authority is connected to your assignment. 
And then also we covered a lot of these things in our Holy Week devotionals on Monday through Friday of Holy Week, talking about operating in the name of Jesus. And so Luke chapter four, verse 31 says that he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? Talk about the message he was preaching. For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. And the report about him went out in every place in the surrounding region. So Jesus was known. His teaching was known for his authority. His miracles was known for his authority. But if we just saw in Philippians 2 that he laid down his divine privileges. So how could he operate in this authority and power? He was known for his authority. But how could he operate in authority if he laid down his divine privileges, which he did? One of the things we covered looking at Luke chapter 3 and Luke chapter 5 and Luke chapter 6 and John chapter 5 and Daniel chapter 7, that the authority Jesus was operating in, and we all saw this in 1 Corinthians 15, the authority Jesus was operating in on the earth was as the second Adam. He was operating in the dominion and the authority that God gave Adam. He was also operating in the authority and the dominion that belonged to the Son of Man. We know the Son of Man is a messianic title. What does the word Messiah or Christ mean? It means the anointed one. So he was operating under the authority that comes with the anointed assignment upon his life. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the Son of Man. Those titles had anointing and authority, and that's what he was operating in, as well as the authority of Adam. Because remember, he was born a man. He's, he's always God. He has been God, is God, will always be God. But when we talk about the hyperstatic union, he's 100% God, 100% man. And you don't have to anoint God. God is the anointing. The anointing flows from him. But notice this, that with Jesus, his humanity was anointed. And his humanity wasn't corrupted by the sin nature because the sin nature is passed down through Adam. But because Jesus was born of a virgin, the sin nature was not passed down to his humanity. And he had the original authority of Adam plus the authority that came with the anointing. And so what did Jesus do throughout his ministry? As he developed people, he would delegate authority. Say delegate authority. Go ahead, put that in the chat. Say delegate authority. And so let's go to Luke chapter 9. And we'll get closer to where we're going tonight. Luke chapter 9, starting with verse 1. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he, Jesus, called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God to heal the sick. Now that word power is miraculous power, miraculous force, the ability to do miracles. The word authority is the power or right to give orders, to make decisions, to enforce obedience. So he gave them miraculous power. And he gave them authority. Two things, miraculous power and authority. He granted them both. Now, so of course, he gave to the 12 apostles. They're so special. Of course, they got that. Go to Luke chapter 10. Because a lot of times we convince ourselves we can't be more. We can't be superhuman, that we're still just mere mortals. Because, oh, God only gives authority and power to just super special people. That, you know, of course, Peter got it. James got it. John got it. But wait, wait. Go to Luke chapter 10 and remember what he's delegating to them. 
the power he's delegating to him is to them is flowing from who he is as the Messiah and who he is as a second Adam. So he's delegating, not the divine privilege we see in Philip in chapter two, because remember, he laid that aside. He's delegating his authority that he has as the second Adam and his authority he has as the anointed one. This is what he's delegating and imparting to them. So Luke chapter 10, verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also. So when he appointed also, he's appointed them in the same way. He authorizes them in the same way. He empowers them the same way. So now these 70, not just the 12, these 70 are going forward in the same authority and the same power that Peter and James and John and Thaddeus and Matthew and all the others went out with. Same authority, same power. Say same authority, same power. Come on, put in the chat. Say same authority, same power. Come on, say it out your mouth and put it in the chat. Say same authority, same power. And he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. So what are they doing? They're preparing the way for Jesus Similar to how John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. Now, we'll come back to Luke chapter 10 in just a few moments to look at their results. But I want you to realize that they had tremendous results. And we'll see what they did under the authority of the second Adam. Under the authority that was delegated to them before the death, burial, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. Because after all that transpired... We were now given the right to use the authority that's higher than every single authority. What Jesus laid down in Philippians 2, he picked back up. And what it say? It was given to him a name. It says because he stooped so low, one translation said, that he went so low, God gave him a name so high. And is that that name that we've been given right to use. Jesus, not the word Jesus, not some magic word we attach to a prayer. Hopefully that it works. It is authority. It is a right, it is a privilege, it is a position to move forward in that name, in that authority. We see that in Mark chapter 16, we looked at it last week, that one of the key words in this passage is believe. He abraded them and corrected them for their unbelief, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel, Mark 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who do not, does not believe will be condemned, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The key word is believe, the key phrase is in my name. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So Jesus restored to us the authority that Adam lost and gave us the privilege of using his name, the name that's above every name. Now let's go, I'll quote to you before we go back to Luke 10 tonight. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, what God told what God said as he created Adam, what he spoke over at. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Say dominion. Go ahead and put that in the chat. We'll look at that later. Say dominion. Go ahead and say, say dominion. Put that in the chat. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, 
over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Psalm 8 also talks about the same time as Psalm 8, verse 6 through 9. It says, You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And we know that after man was created, given this domain and his authority, he wasn't just put somewhere random. He was put into the garden. His assignment was to the garden to dress it and to keep it, which means to guard it. Adam had the authority to protect the garden from whatever would try to come in it and stop what God wanted to happen. Remember, as we said last week, your authority is not random. It is connected to your assignment and calling. Say, my authority is not random. It is connected to my assignment and my calling. So let's put it, say it out loud again. Let's put it in the chat. Say, my authority is not random. It's connected to my calling and my assignment. One more time. Say, my authority is not random. It is connected to my calling and my assignment. Your authority is not random. It is connected to your calling and your assignment. So let's go back to Luke chapter 10. And let's look at these results that these 70 achieved under the authority of the second Adam, under the authority that was imparted to them, which means we should be able to get better results because now we live fully under the new covenant. We're living after the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. We're living after the Holy Spirit has been given on the day of Pentecost. And so these 70 under the ministry of Jesus can get such great results. What does Jesus want to do in our lives today? So Luke chapter 10, picking up with verse 2. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Now the thing is, you think if you're going lambs among wolves, you're in dangerous territory. Not if you're going with the authority and not if you're going in the power. Carry neither money, bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. So you might say, well, you know, why? This is what, what their assignment was. This is what Jesus told them to do. But you might say, well, does that mean I'm not supposed to carry a wallet, a purse, a backpack? No, this was his assignment. He was teaching them, don't take any extra provision. Now, that, that's, not God's word. that's not God's word over your life. This is what he told the 70 and told the 12 to do. But also, because we're going to pause here, because people make doctrines of, well, yeah, don't have any extra money. That's against scripture, because even Proverbs tells you to say that. He said, well, what did Jesus prove a point here? And he proved his point, and he told them in Luke 22, and we'll skip there, come right back to Luke 10. Luke 22, verse 35 and 36. And he said to them, when I sent you without money bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, nothing. Then he said to them, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So what he's letting them know? He was teaching them, I will provide for you. There's provision connected to your assignment and your calling. They learned that lesson. Now it says, pick up your backpack, pick up your wallet, pick up your purse. It's time to go. So going back to Luke 10. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. What is this? This is a releasing of peace as part of their authority. 
and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we write off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near to you. We'll skip down a few verses. In the next few verses, Jesus is pronouncing judgment on a certain different cities. Go to the next. It says, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name, in your authority. And he said to them, such an interesting verse. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, when we see this, we make, we think of the fall, how Satan fell originally. Yeah, we can talk about it from that point of view as well. But one of the things interesting I learned um, listening to Reverend Chris Palmer, Greek scholar, Greek professor, and he was saying that. It wasn't just, he was not talking about back then. The words here is relating to Satan falling from authorities and positions over these cities where the 70 went. And these are the results this 70 got as they went forward. That authority was calling demonic strongholds and demonic powers to fall down because they were going out on their assignment under the authority and the power Jesus delegated to them. Maybe we'll get into that later in this series. Then he says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and of all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, serpents and scorpions, I don't like serpents and scorpions. Maybe you do, but serpents and scorpions, why would Jesus list that? Remember, they're traveling on ancient roads. They don't have cars. They are walking. And they either have sandals on or they're barefoot. What is dangerous to people on ancient roads? Serpents and scorpions. These represent dangers on their path. They're going down the path God has called them. They're fulfilling their assignment, right? Right? They're fulfilling their assignment. They're walking down the path God has for them. And on that path, while they're fulfilling their assignment, there may be serpents or scorpions, dangers that will try to take them off the path, to take them out, to harm them, to hurt them, to keep them from fulfilling their God-given assignment. And Jesus saying, I give you authority over the things that would stop you from doing what I called you to do. I give you authority over the enemy's attempts to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. I give you authority over the tactics of the devil that will keep you from going forward and what God has called you to do. Your authority is not random. It's connected to your assignment. It's connected to your calling. It's connected to the path God has you on. Then he says, over all the power of the enemy. This word power is talking about the enemy's forces, his supernatural ability. So whatever the enemy will try to marshal against you, whatever power he tries to marshal against you, to call, to take you off the force, whatever demonic hordes he gathers to stop you from doing what God has called you to do, Jesus has given you authority to overcome it, to stop it, to defeat it. So that doesn't mean you quit your path because it gets hard. You don't quit your path just because Satan tried something. You don't quit your path because there was some type of serpent or proverbial scorpion that showed up in your life. You don't quit your path just because the enemy showed up. No, you have authority to overcome everything Satan sends your way. Go with me to James chapter 4 verse 7 as we close. You have authority. Come on, put it in the chat and say it out loud. Say, I have authority. 
Come on, say it out loud. Put it in the chat. Say, I have authority. Come on, believe it. Put it out. Say it out loud. Put it in the chat. Say, I have authority. Praise God. James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. Submit to his plan for your life. Submit to his word. Submit to what he's telling you to do. Then it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So you resist him with the words of your mouth. You resist him by your actions and you resist him by your consistency. Just because you resist him one day doesn't mean he flees. You have to stay in the position of resistance in the authority of Jesus. And as you resist with your words, as you resist with your actions, with you resist in your obedience and your submission to God, you resist with your consistency, those serpents, those scorpions, those forces of the enemy have to flee. And every single thing that Satan has planned to stop you has to bow to the name of Jesus. But if you quit, it's not going to work. If you back down, it's not going to work because you're no longer resisting. You're giving ground and territory to the enemy. You have to push. You have to press. You have to resist. You have to keep going forward. Do not let the enemy get any inch of territory. Don't give him a place. Don't give him a spot. You resist. You fight the good fight of faith. Your call is worth it. Your assignment is worth it. Your obedience to the plan of God is worth it. I remember years ago, Rick Renner said this to me. He said, there's other people on the other side of your obedience. You sticking with what God has for you. You sticking with the call, even when it's tough. You resisting the devil, even when he, even when he throws stuff your way. Even when serpents and scorpions pop up on your path and the forces of the enemy try to stop you and prevent you. You sticking with what God has called you to do will cause other people to follow Jesus. Will cause other people to experience the victory. Other people's lives will be transformed because you stuck with it. So don't give up now. Don't quit now. Your call is worth it. You need to walk the path God has for you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 and we'll close here. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic Edition. Praise God. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Another translation said his masterpiece recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. The enemy will try to stop you from doing the good works that God planned for you. He'll, he'll try to take you off the path that God's planned for you. He'll try to take you away from the good life that he made available to, for you to live. But God has given you authority and you must use it. You know, we'll get to this somewhere in the series that, you know, talking about self-care. Self-care is important. But you know what? If you never use your authority, you won't have the self-care you're supposed to have. If you don't use your authority, you won't get as far in your path that he calls you're supposed to. God has given you authority and you must use it. You must use the authority God has given you and it's time for you to go forward in your calling. That's why I'm so excited about this May challenge. And so if you haven't already made plans to start the May challenge this Sunday on May 1st, we're doing three different things. Number one, we are praying the Ephesians 1 prayer for ourselves every single day. We're diving into the Ephesians 1 prayer on faith in the morning 
for our daily podcast devotional. So we're number one, we're praying the Ephesians 1 prayer for ourselves every single day. Number two, we're reading a chapter of Proverbs every single day. Remember, May has 31 days and Proverbs has 31 days. So we're reading the corresponding chapter per day. So on May 1st, we're reading Proverbs chapter one. On May 2nd, we're reading Proverbs chapter two and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And number three, invest in your calling. So what does that look like? You may need to do some more research, some more study. There may be some paperwork you need to fill out. You may need to get certified. You may need to take a class. You may need to schedule yourself, take a class. Whatever you need to do that God's already been stirring your heart up, take time every single day to go forward in your calling. You might say, I only got five minutes today. Well, take that five minutes. You may have an hour tomorrow. Every single day, invest in your calling. Oh, I'm excited about this challenge. I'm excited about sharing with you on Faith in the Morning this week, as well as on May 1st, as we kick off the month of May. Something good is going to happen to you this coming month. So you expect miracles and go forward in your calling. Praise God. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for what you shared with us tonight. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your reminders. Now help us not just to be hearers of this word, but to be doers of this word so we can be blessed in our doing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, one more time. Say, I have authority. One more time. Say, I have authority. Come on, say, I have authority. Praise God. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast and then we have our daily devotional podcast which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember something good is going to happen to you today so expect miracles. God bless.